Hello and welcome to the Arsenal way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. You've got the team back together. It's been a while, but we're all on. Chris, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you, Tom. Um, hope you're well. Hope you're well, Bailey, as well. Hope everyone is keeping well who, who are tuning in this morning. Um, good to be back after a, a, a week off. Um, much needed. A nice time to relax uh, and try and take my mind off off football. But um, with how things are, are going for the Arsenal at the moment, it was very difficult to do that. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, we're back and um, ready to go uh, again on Wednesday, of course. Absolutely. I'm just going to sort this out because I'm not used to it. There we go. That's, that's, I'm more familiar now with my surroundings. How are you doing, Bailey? You all right? You wanted to be next to me, TC. That's why I think that's why you wanted to put me to the top. But no, um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Chris? How are you? How are you, how are you TC? And how is everyone in the comments section as well? I hope you're all good. We'll just swap those two back around. There we go. That makes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> makes it much easier. Lovely stuff. Demoted. <laughs> Um, no, to be honest, mate, I'm not great. Uh, obviously, the last time that we spoke was before uh, the Southampton defeat. And yeah, back-to-back losses, Chris, is a real horrible place to be uh, right now. Um, and when you consider the games that we've got left this season, those three games that we've played were supposed to be, you know, our run-up to building some momentum into the Chelsea game and the Man United game. But it's it's gone very differently. It has, unfortunately. Um, look, I remember when we were talking after the Crystal Palace defeat a few weeks ago um, and I, I sat here and I said, look, now is the time sort of not to, to, to be down in the dumps for too long. Let's, let's get our heads back up. Let's bounce back. Um, OK, we're allowed sort of bumps along, along the, the road, of course, and there's always going to be bad results. Um, that's part of the journey. That's part of football, especially, you know, with a young squad who... You know, we're still experiencing lots of different um, things each week and they're still developing as a team. But um, unfortunately, we, we find ourselves um, still very much in that dump. And, uh, you know, it's three consecutive de- league defeats now. Um, it's not ideal, far from ideal, of course. Uh, as you say there, TC, obviously we're, we're on the way, um, very much on the way to securing Champions League football in a, a very strong position. Um, the performances were good. The momentum was good. The confidence was high. You know, we had all the all of the ingredients, all of the key ingredients um, over the recent sort of months, really, to to go on and secure Champions League football this season. That I, I think we were all fairly confident, quietly confident. Obviously, you don't never want to be too confident because you know anything can happen in football, and unfortunately, now all of a sudden it's looking like it could end up being another underwhelming season for the club. I mean. Okay, Champions League football, I mean, it's still technically up for grabs. Anything is still possible. Um, Tottenham obviously slipped up at the weekend. Um, I suppose it it, it um, made our defeat against Brighton look a little bit better. They seem to have found some form from somewhere. But um, you, you mentioned there, TC, the, the results and uh, on top of the games that we already have coming up. You know, it is difficult to be confident at the moment as an Arsenal fan. It's difficult to find that hope anywhere. But again, you know, it's up to the boys on, on Wednesday to go to Stamford Bridge and actually, you know, find that hope and, and, and sort of bring back that sense of, of belief back to the fans, back to the squad and get a result. Because if we win on Chelsea and then all of a sudden again, you know, things may be looking up a little bit more. So um, we've got to find that momentum from somewhere. We've got to find the results and uh, we've got to find that confidence. And hopefully we can do that sooner rather than later and we can get back on the right road. But unfortunately, 
you know, our Champions League heat, hit, um, hopes in particular have taken a massive dent in recent weeks. Mm, no, they absolutely have. Um, and I think that when you consider the fact that Spurs, as you say, dropped points and we were unable to take advantage of that, it, the extra pressure that was there, the expectation, the chance that we missed is is a real kick in the teeth. It really, really is, especially for the Arsenal fans that went to the game and were expecting uh, a big response. Didn't get that. Uh, Bailey, we're going to have a little bit, obviously, of a chat later on today in, a, in another stream about kind of the managerial situation. So, uh, listeners, if you want to tune in for that, it's probably around 2 o'clock UK time. Make sure you subscribe with those notifications turned on so you don't miss it. Um, but the, the doubt in Mikel Arteta rose considerably again after that game. Um, but is there any kind of argument that still not having Partey and Tomiyasu and Tierney, and obviously Lacazette wasn't available either that that game, is that enough to say, well, you know, I can, you can see why we we didn't win the game? Yeah, of course there's that element. I think it's, it's, it would be unfair not to say you can't consider that. However, you look at this, the way he set up against Brighton, now that has messed up our confidence. Now in the game against Southampton, we look completely short of any confidence, any attacking, uh, like any attack, attacking sustainability. So Arteta definitely doesn't can't, can't use the excuse of we don't have a party or Kieran Tierney. And at the end of the day, Antomiyasu, it's three players. If you're missing three players and your level drops that much, there's an issue. There's an issue there. I think no matter what team you are, having three players out of your squad shouldn't mean that you drop so bad, you drop so far from your from the usual squad levels. So that is that is definitely disappointing, and um, you can't use that as an main excuse. You can use it as an excuse because, they, of course, there are important players in the squad, but you have to adapt from that and you have to overcome those issues because everyone gets injuries in a season. Just because three of your, your top players are injured doesn't mean you should drop so the level should drop so much. So it is disappointing. Of course, you can mention the January transfer window. Did Arteta push hard enough to to get in a strike or to to bring in goals or bring in a midfielder as well? So you have to take that into consideration too. Yeah, I, the, the January window is going to be the crux of this season, without a shadow of a doubt. It's going to be the thing that we look back on and say, why? Just just the one words, just why? Why didn't we bring anyone in? Why did we think that the squad we had available to us was enough? Why did we allow so many players to leave? I mean, I don't. it's, it's interesting, Chris. I don't think enough people are talking about Callum Chambers being allowed to leave. Um, like, we've obviously had Cedric, but you, you'd look at Cedric and Tomiyasu and you'd think, who is... A close, sorry, Cedric and Chambers. You think who is a closer mould to Tomiyasu, uh, especially when you know you've lost Tierney in the other kind of disciplined position on the left hand side, and you'd say it was Chambers with the closer of the two, and the fact that we let him go for next to nothing, as far as we're aware, as well, is 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 it just naivety that the reason why we let so many go, including these players, and didn't bring any in? Well, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you, you could say that. I mean, it's always going to divide opinion, isn't it? This one and, and the January window. We've spoken about it a lot already. And I know, obviously, now performances and, and results aren't going our way. It's sort of crept back into the discussions amongst Arsenal fans. I mean, with, with Chambers in particular, I, I think you make a good point, TC, and, and with the comparison to Cedric. I think when you look at reliability and who's been the most reliable for Arsenal in recent seasons or whenever, let's say, they've they've made appearances and they've played. I've got to go with with Chambers. I think every time he's came come into the team and he's played at centre-back or, or right-back, wherever he's played, more often than not, he's done a very good job. Whereas Cedric, 
I mean, the consistency has been a huge issue, isn't it? You know, first of all, the, earlier on in the season when Tommy Asu, you know, picked up that, that first calf injury, came into the team, looked quite shaky. Then he picked up some form. And again, credit where credit is due with Shedrick. You know, he, obviously it's never easy going through a, a tough patch, but then obviously he came back and he, he, he's found some confidence. He found some form um, and that's not easy. But then again, I mean, you could probably argue it's been the case for most of the team, but um you know, when we're talking about Cedric in particular here um, and and the comparison to, to Chambers, then, you know, Cedric's levels uh, have, have dropped again recently. And I think on uh, Saturday in particular, why on earth <laughs> he's taken set pieces? I have no idea. I, I, I watched the, um, I managed to watch some of the highlights of the game and um, I saw the a couple of the free kicks he took. Um, or the, I think one was maybe a corner and there was a couple of free kicks from oh, on the left-hand side in the first half. And, well, I mean, you've probably seen them, lads, and I'm sure many, many of the viewers have seen them. I mean, they were, they're shocking, you know. And when you've got players like um, Martin Odegaard in the team or Bukayo Saka, you know, who have got you know, a wonderful left foot, uh, I really don't know what the thinking is behind there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I mentioned it in an article I done yesterday, Okay, Cedric may have done okay in recent months, but the main concern is, and this will remain a concern, the difference in quality between Tommy Asu and Cedric is worryingly clear. And that, for me, is the biggest issue. If Tommy Asu isn't going to be in the team, you know, we're, we're now looking at a situation where we're asking ourselves, can we rely on Cedric to be, you know, uh, sort of a vital reliable, consistent member of this Arsenal team putting in some really good performances for a top-class player because I think that's how I view Tommy Asu. Every time he's played, he's been magnificent for us. Um, you know, are we going to be able to move forward and have consistency in that right-back role when Tommy Asu is out and Cedric is playing? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really not sure. And I think it's one of those areas where we have to look to upgrade in the summer. Um, you know, maybe someone younger, someone more athletic, someone more who's got that sort of te added technical ability, who loves to run forward and get down the, uh, towards the box, put great crosses in, um, but is also defensively solid. You know, I know it's always sometimes a difficult balance to find, but Tommy Asu, we found that with him. He's good going forward. He's great at, at the back. You know, I think that is going to have to be the way we go in the summer and, and try and find someone who can just bring that quality that Tommy Asu brings to the team as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a big concern for me. And like you say, TC, it, it makes that that decision um, to let Chambers go for, for pretty much nothing in, in January um, very questionable indeed. Mm, yeah, yeah, alongside many others. Ozzy's going to agree in the chat box. says, Tom, I didn't expect us to pick up a single point without Partey and Tierney. So why does it still hurt so much to lose? <laughs> I was, I was very negative. I, I do think that we would. I thought we'd pick up points personally. I thought we'd win at least the Brighton and Southampton games. Palace game is always tricky for us, but it hurts because we care. Like it hurts because we really, really care about this, um, which is yeah, so frustrating. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, Bailey, uh, despite the fact that we don't look uh, destined to achieve Champions League football right now, things could change. Who knows? Fingers crossed. Um, and one of the big reasons behind that is obviously a lack of goals. And in particular, our main striker, Alexandre Lacazette, not scoring enough goals. He seems to be coming out and saying that uh, he misses the Champions League. And, you know, he's in discussions with lots of clubs. And so that's going to factor into his thinking. 
am I the only one that thinks this is like one of the most outrageous? I don't want to go as far as say arrogant, but <laughs> it's just so frustrating. You, the striker that's meant to be getting us the goals to get us into the Champions League, is talking about how much he misses the Champions League and how he's in discussions with other clubs. Like, surely it's he's got to bur- take on some of this burden of not getting us there at the moment. I don't know why, like I said, we'll come out and say that. What are you trying to achieve from that? You're just you're just annoying the Arsenal fan base. The worst time, you haven't scored in about 19 hours of open play football. What are you expecting? Maybe to play Champions League football for Sheriff or Applewell? Maybe, maybe he wants that. Maybe he wants that. Maybe. <laughs> oh, that's that's the, with respect, yeah. That's sure. the only way he is getting Champions League football. There's no chance he is getting Champions League football from a league on side, a La Liga side, or a Serie A side. It's going to have to be from a from a lower league side, should I say. There is absolutely no chance that he deserves Champions League football if you can't get Arsenal to Champions League football. That is what you call jumping ship. That is fine. I'm disappointed in Lacazette. I am disappointed. Honestly, when I read those comments this morning, I was really, as like you, disappointed because, you know, to say that with, you know, with a few of eight games left of the season um, for this interview, obviously we don't know when the interview took place. He's he's tested positive this week. So it'd be strange if he's conducted this interview and it's come out now and it was a few days. We don't know what the timing of it was, but I mean, it's come out now with eight games to go and, and the biggest reason as to why we're not getting Champions League football possibly is that we haven't scored enough goals um it's it's staggering to me that that would come out now um and it's only going to pile the pressure on him and I mean if, if you're Mikel Arteta you're looking at that and going well how can I rely on you to be the guy that's going to take us to Champions League football um in the last eight games of the season which is annoying because you know like Enketia didn't offer anything against Southampton or anything I didn't think it gave us anything at all really um I would have picked Martinelli or Pepe over yeah. at Enketia and I would continue to do so because after that Lacazette interview I wouldn't be I wouldn't be picking him it's as simple as that the other interesting bit of news that came out uh, this morning is courtesy of David Ormston of the Athletic Chris uh, who talks about a project that's going to be going on behind the scenes, which is focusing on a top-to-bottom cultural review of the club. Uh, they Arsenal have enlisted the help of consultancy firm People Made, who are going to help with this. And uh, besides it being interesting, do you want to know what they've called this project, Chris? Do you Go know? On. It's called the Arsenal Way. Um, is ah. what it's called. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't make this up, but that's uh, yeah, that's what they've called it. That's the uh, the project, and basically, it's already begun to uh, and aims to hear from staff at all levels of the organisation to identify what has gone wrong and attempt to put things right. Uh, there's kind of an acceptance that things have, have fallen apart during the Wenger and the Emery era, the back end of the, the, the Wenger era, at least. Um, it's backed by directors like Lord Harris, Vinay Venkateshim is involved, and the Chief Commercial Officer, Juliet Slot, is also involved as well. Uh, Arteta, Edu, and Metazaka are also named in what they will hope to bring a successful future together. There's a couple of things on this that I want to touch upon, but first, Chris, is is it too late? Like, <laughs> no, You know, it seems mad, but we've got eight games left of the season. You know, if there's a cultural review that's needed... Should it not have happened like a while ago? Like, do you know what I mean? I know it's great and all, but there's a bit yeah. of hindsight going on here, is there not? <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah. When you look back at the last few years and how things have, have gone, uh, you mean you you touched on it there, TC, the back end of the Wenger era, and you know, obviously when Unai Emery was here, um, things were pretty toxic. I think it's it's fair to say. 
Um, the club wasn't really in a good place in terms of, you know, results. And obviously without major European football, um, a lot of money was being spent on players that just weren't delivering. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and yeah, obviously the, the fan base was very unhappy. It was, you know, I think the, the last few years in particular um, with how, um, how bumpy things have been um, and, sort of so many inconsistencies not only on the pitch but off it as well it's been it's been tough it's been really tough um obviously we're now going through our first season without any european football for the first time in in over 20 years um we're looking to put that right um which of course um is good and we're we're giving it a good go um but i mean look we we can't obviously look back at the past too much what's happened has happened and we are where we are right now um, and I think that's what the club will, will look to focus on where we are now as a football club and where we want to be in the, in the future um, and uh, I suppose you've got to look at the positives um, it's good that the club have, have come up with this initiative and it's, it's good that they're looking to put things right um, and uh, hopefully the, the, the results and the consequences of, of, of overseeing this this project um, of overseeing the Arsenal way. Um, hopefully it will be a positive outcome and we become a better club because of it, you know, right from the bottom, right to the very top and whoever's involved. Um, hopefully, you know, it'll be uh, a big learning curve for them and uh, I don't know, they'll, they'll, they'll become better because of it. And um, like I say, yeah, I mean, hopefully the, the, the results from it will be, will be positive and we, we can grow and develop as a football club because of it. And uh, the people that work very hard behind the scenes, um, Hopefully, obviously, like I say, they become better because of it as well. So, obviously, I, I think we, we're not sure on, obviously, um, the, every single detail, how much of it is to do with the first team and and, and, and things like that and, and what exactly is going to happen, how long it's going to take. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good idea. And um, I'm sure there are many improvements that can be made behind the scenes and, um I guess it's just good to see the and hear that the club is being proactive about it and looking to to improve things. It is good, although Maya uh, has put said in the chat box, uh, we still need to improve in the chances created for any good striker to thrive in regards to kind of what we need to do on the pitch. Adam saying for right back, we need Max Aarons and Lamptey. Talking about the players that we need to bring in, but Matt G asked relating to this, Bailey, are the people in charge the best people to implement said change? Look, the fact that this is all coming about when we have three defeats in a row, I'd rather this conversation come at the mm. end of the season. Right now, I just want to focus on on the pitch. I don't know why it's coming up when we've lost three games in a row. It's interesting to say the least, but I'd rather just focus on the pitch. Let's see if we get top four and then let's talk about the behind the scenes matters and the bringing club back to its old ways and and getting it, bringing it back to the glory days under Arsene Wenger at the end of the season when there's no games, when we're not in the crunch time. We don't see... Manchester United, well, you do see Manchester United because they haven't got a manager, but you don't see Tottenham or Liverpool or Manchester City bringing in new inventions five games before the end of the season where they're fighting for crucial titles and crucial achievements. Let's focus on that. And then at the end of the season, we speak about the Arsenal way and doing stuff like that. I'd prefer to see that. Yeah, look, um, it's it's a frustration uh, is what it is. It's a frustration that... It's taken this long to identify that an overhaul of the club's culture has been needed. Mikel Arteta has talked a lot about the fact that they've wanted to do this uh, and wanted to change things. But bringing in a consultancy firm as well, you know, to, to do like a report from the outside is is it's an interesting move because there's part of me that goes, oh, great. OK, you want a, a different perspective on things to try and change. But 
you know, I my perception of Mikel Arteta was that this is someone who knows the club, you know, as a captain of the club, came in, had all these principles, wanted to change the culture himself. Is this reliance on external factors actually uh, in the best interests of, of what needs to change? Is this consultancy firm going to be able to give us the right insight and give us the right indication of what Arsenal needs to become? Because I don't know what their relation to Arsenal is or their history in relation to Arsenal is or their understanding of Arsenal's history, etc. So, you know, it's one that we'll obviously have to monitor and see what happens. But the timing is weird. The <laughs> the time in which they've done it in context to how many years we've, we've needed this change is, is strange. And are the people in charge, as Matt G asked in the chat box, the right people to, to kind of lead this forward, especially from an executive level? Less so a managerial perspective. Um, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. This won't be your only stream of the day. We'll be doing one at 2 p.m. Uh, this afternoon, talking all about Mikel Arteta and his position as manager and whether or not we would like to see change uh, in the near future or what we would need to see for change to happen or for him to continue on next season. Chris, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate your time. Cheers, mate. Pleasure as always. Thank you, Bailey. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in this morning. And I hope everyone has a great day. Absolutely. Bailey, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, TC, CD, and everyone in the comment section as well. Absolutely. If you have enjoyed the stream, and even if you haven't, please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. We'll see you again a little bit later on this afternoon. Have a great day, and as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.